Welcome to Software at Scale, a podcast where we discuss the technical stories behind large software applications. I'm your host Utsav Shah and thank you for listening. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Software at Scale podcast. Joining me today is Roy Ravhorn, the founder of Finart, a cloud cost management platform. Previously, he was the director of engineering at Logs.io, an observability platform. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I'd love to find out about your story, right? Like cloud cost is something that has been bugging me since a very long time like sooner <laughs> or later it ends up on the roadmap it's like oh my god why are we spending millions of dollars on load balancers or something silly <laughs> like that got you interested in the problem and energized about solving it by creating your own company in my previous position in in logzio as you mentioned i was an engineering director uh, responsible for the entire infrastructure so you know part of my responsibilities was to balance between sla and cloud financial management and you know that balance is very contradicting in in most cases right you know as, as the one in charge of sla you want to have uh, extra you know servers uh, lying around already for you know, to, to be used when, when needed and you're uh, easier on the trigger with, uh, with scale-ups mechanisms and like you want to make sure that the infrastructure is, uh, you know, have enough capacity when we need it. But when you're like putting your cloud financial management hat, suddenly everything is the opposite, right? You need to make sure that you're as efficient as possible and you're only scaling when you need it and your uh, everything is right size and everything is working, you know, uh, super, uh, super efficient. So finding that balance and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, where can we be- be better? How do we even educate the engineers to really understand the implication of each of their uh, decisions was something that, you know, bugged me for a very long time in, in Logzio. And most honestly, like we used the, uh, some of the tooling available in the market and we, we felt like, you know, nothing really matched what we need and nothing really helps us in getting better at, uh, you know, at that balance, getting better at implementing a FinOps culture in the organization, even before it was called FinOps. You know, this is what started to push us out of Flogzio uh, to really understand that, you know, we need to build the tool that, uh, that we wanted to use. And there's a major gap in the market uh, in terms of what is currently offered versus what modern company really wants to use. That's the story behind FinOps. A lot of these cloud providers like AWS, GCP, they have their own like cloud billing dashboards. Or, like, What makes them not enough in your view? So uh, two main factors. One is that, you know, the incentives are never aligned. All right. So uh, for the cloud cost management company, uh, like, yeah, sorry, for the cloud vendor to build the best cost management solution that is designed to, you know, hurt their revenue is not always something that is mutually aligned uh, with uh, with what the company wants to do. So it is to some extent, right, because the cloud vendor wants to keep you incentivized and well used of your solution and not overpaying where you shouldn't because then you will churn. But eventually, like, the alignment are never, uh, never the same. And the second biggest problem is that, you know, as far as the cloud provider con- like concerned, they live alone, right? So... Uh, AWS will never support something related to uh, to Google or uh, 
you know, or the Snowflake or something like that. So they always want to encourage you to continue and use their own uh, solutions. And they will never help you with a cloud cost management tool to analyze costs for, uh, for different providers. But the reality is just different, right? So most companies are using multi-cloud and multi-service. And we start to use more and more technologies in, in our stack and they're all usage-based price. So in order to get, you know, just a, a simple overview of how much money do we spend across you know, our entire uh, entire infrastructure. We need to log into five different systems in order just to get the overview. And then every allocation that we have, every budget, every forecast, every like everything, we need to start to like implement those solutions again and again and again and again. So it starts to be like very, very cumbersome to manage costs and even get like an accurate image of, uh, of what's really happening. And sorry if this is somewhat of a philosophical question, but the root of all of these like hard to manage or hard to control cost problem seems to be this idea of like usage-based pricing right it sounds very simple where like use you know one ec2 instance and you get billed a certain amount of time per hour but there's so many different configurations and so many different services that we end up using that it all becomes a nightmare like what are your philosophical thoughts on this idea of usage-based pricing is it actually helpful to customers is it too confusing in its current state should everything just be like a monthly subscription is that even feasible what do you think? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, eventually user-based pricing is a huge catalyst in, in modern software buying processes, right? So when talking to an engineer and you want to sell something to an engineer, an engineer wants to buy something, in order to start and use, you know, a solution that they picked and just pay them based on what they used, it's really, you know, the most natural thing to do. It's like, uh, you know, you're going to a restaurant, you pay for what you eat. You don't uh, negotiate a price a month in advance for uh, for food consumption. Right? So this is the way that we used to like buy in every single uh, source of aspect of our life except of software. So it only makes sense for uh, for engineers to feel that uh, to feel more comfortable, engineers more empowered to, to take decisions. But on the other hand, you know, when looking at the company cost governance kind of uh, situation, it starts to get uh, a lot more complicated because we don't like even you know, uh, figure out what's, uh, what's our budget's going to be and how do we make sure that, uh, you know, we are tight and we're predictable into, into the future. is a new major task that the finance team have to deal with that they never had, uh, had to deal with before. So I think, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it's, you know, it's an enabler for the organization to run super efficient, super fast and to only pay for what they're actually using. But on the other hand, it opens up, you know, a, a big headache into cost governance and, you know, so it's, it's a concept that's very not natural for finance teams or the finance tools even to, uh, to grasp. Like ERPs are not designed for business-based pricing. So I think that, you know, we need to have that kind of balance between what's good and what's an enabler for the company versus, you know, just uh, not doing anything because we're afraid. So software buying should be better, should be easier, but also like finance should not be, you know, left in the dark and left unanswered. So I think, you know, business-based pricing is a very good trend, but we also need to have some kind of financial responsibility on what we we're uh, purchasing. And this is like part of the reasons we built, uh, we built Finat. And initially, at least a few years ago, I think cloud dashboards were primarily focused on, or like cost dashboards were primarily focused on cloud providers. But now, as you said, there's more and more tools that are usage-based price, like Snowflake, your data management, but also your observability tools like Datadog. You can kind of see from the stock price and market cap of Datadog that they have a pretty <laughs> heavy margin, right? So it seems like it's increasing over time, the amount of tools that are usage-based priced and need to be monitored, right? Is that what you're seeing as well? Yeah, so, you know, 100%. The market is changing and shifting and 
it's also happening with within our budgets and within our financial allocations. So 10 years ago, you would uh, say to a company that most of their expense is going to be OPEX and not CAPEX, and they would stop buying servers. It would look like you're insane, right? So this kind of change within uh, the way that we manage our financial is moving very strong towards the OPEX kind of process. And uh, one of the major catalysts is, is usage-based pricing. And I think that you know, we're picking more and more uh, different aspects of our company and moving them toward usage-based pricing. So now we see usage-based across everything, right? From our sales tools to our marketing tools to our infrastructure tools to, uh, you know, basically everything that uh, that we're buying. And I really believe that, you know, uh, this is the, you know, the pricing model of the future. It's uh, going to be 100% usage-based, like picking, uh, you know, and then choosing like negotiating contracts or uh can think of the past or uh, at least a combination of them to uh, prevail. So for a tool or like for a platform like Finout to succeed, you also need to get enough information from the actual vendor itself, right? So for example, you need to call an API of Datadog to know how much metrics or logs a particular customer is using is my guess. Do these systems provide enough introspection ability to give that rich amount of data like how does that work behind the scenes how are you able to measure or like accurately estimate how much i'm spending in snowflake or datadog or some other tool so it really depends on the maturity of the vendor right aws for example are very mature when it comes to show their bills so aws has a format called cost and usage report where you can just get all the accurate billing information directly into uh, you know into your consumption it's it's a complicated format, but it's still like the dollar sign is present. But there are other solutions, you know, that are not as advanced. So, so solutions like Datadog and Snowflake you mentioned do not have like a billing API. They just charge you at the end of the month and you need to uh, extrapolate what's, what's going to happen in the mid-month. What you can do for a solution like that is essentially reverse engineering their, uh, their billing structure. And, you know, for Snowflake, it's easier because it's just credits and, and storage. For Datadog, it's a lot more complicated because it's priced by, uh, you know, numerous different uh, different factors. But eventually, we can just take the usage metrics, which are always apparent in usage-based price software because you can just charge based on a metric you don't provide right so it's a very a very common thing to do to show like your uh, your usage and then we can reconstruct the uh, the invoice uh, based on you know our reverse engineering of how they construct your bills so it really depends on on the vendor the data log is a bit more complicated we just uh, supported that with databricks uh, a few months ago and databricks with like a few hours of work because again a very mature vendor we just have the billing uh, uh billing format you can just ingest it and and get it directly into fina so it really really depends on the vendor yeah, and I'm sure like you can also keep track of how the industry's pricing is changing. So I'm sure you can keep mm-hmm. track of, oh, it looks like Datadog's increasing price for X <laughs> and over time. And like there's all sorts of interesting trends and benchmarks you can probably come up with. So I'm sure there are people who would love to pay for that feature. It's like, oh, how much am I paying for Datadog versus a similar SaaS company of my size? Yeah, so that's a future roadmap item. Well, once we start doing that, we're going to start fighting with everyone. So uh, we're yeah. still uh, <laughs> trying to be a uh, you know, good sports. Yeah, makes sense. So it's a really like broad aspect of how you can plug in with so many different systems so that you can kind of create a unified cost report for my company. It would be really cool to have one bill, right? That's some of your material online also talks about this idea of a mega bill, which is you can have like one infrastructure bill. How valuable is that for customers? Like, what do you see? Is that like one of the main like selling points? Like I can keep track of my infrastructure in one place, like infrastructure costs in one place. How useful does that end up being? Yeah, so uh, 100%. I mean, this is our core technology is that uh, mega bill that, uh, that you mentioned. Essentially, a mega bill is a data model that we have behind the scenes. 
the way that we structure that data, the way that we save it and make it available for search and how we can query it, this is our uh, huge IP and, and differentiator in the market. Essentially, what this means is that we're not building features for AWS or for Google or for Databricks. Data we're building features for our mega build. So once we integrated another solution in that mega build, every feature that we have in Finout is natively supported, right? So uh, we... Uh, we have budgeting and uh, forecasting and anomaly detection and those kinds of stuff and, uh, that we just uh, just released. This integrated with the mega build at the whole. So now that every uh, every new solution that we're adding is just automatically getting uh, added into uh, into that. So you know what we see with uh, with companies is supporting their migrations between different providers and between like moving even data warehouse from AWS to Snowflake is a super common thing to do. So once migrating that, they're starting to lose their, you know, visibility into what actually happened. So using a solution like Finout can help them maintain that, uh, that visibility. And creating showbacks and chargebacks within an organization is a very, very, you know, big problem that uh, the organization are facing nowadays. And usually it's solved using Excel. You know, they're dumping a bunch of invoices into Excel sheets and then they start to extrapolate like, what was the size out of that bill for each of my teams or for each of my features or for each of my customers? And doing that across different cloud providers meant that they need to redevelop the entire system over and over and over again. So they're starting to, you know, be afraid of <laughs> purchasing new solutions or they're just uh, giving up on their, on their accuracy and their features that, you know, they can really, uh, really attribute. So this is indeed one of major selling points of Finout is our, uh, our mega bill and our ability to deal with those kind of stuff. And the flip side that I thought was pretty interesting was that you try not to charge based on percentage of cost savings. Like, why is that an important thing to call out? Or like, why is it something that you've seen resonate with the market? So the market is usually either built based on savings currently or based on, you know, a, a ridiculous amount of percentage out of the total spend that you're analyzing. So if it's a fixed price out of, uh, or like percentage of the saving, very often it starts to like eat up a significant part of what you could save. So you need to generate like a exponential amount of value in order to make this uh, viable for, uh, for the long run. And taking percentage out of, you know, the entire, uh, entire spend, especially in high percentages, also like kind of a greedy thing to do because, for example, if I decided to double uh, specific instance that I'm using, right? So I'm sizing uh, one level up. It automatically means that I'm paying double for the cloud provider, but also I'm paying double for the instance for the cost management solution, but I'm not getting double the value. I'm still getting the same amount of value per resource, right? So we really believe that the cost management solution is A, a commodity. So we need to do it like significantly cheaper than what the market is currently offering and also be very transparent and open with our pricing and really solve another problem instead of just becoming one of those. We can price based on resources and we can price a flat fee for the year. So companies don't need to worry about finot costs being fluctuating uh, when, uh, you know, when they're cost increasing. So we really believe that you know, pricing models should be incentivized together with the customers and not against them. Mm -hmm. And then going deep into cloud providers and cloud systems, right? I've had a couple of conversations about Kubernetes, which seems to be all the rage and only increasing regardless of the macroeconomic conditions. So you all are building a system to specifically understand and help you, like help customers understand their Kubernetes usage. Right? Like, why is it important to measure Kubernetes directly rather than, you know, just using a high level metric like AWS instances or like some EKS API 
why is it important to look at Kubernetes directly? So think of it that eventually you're using different units that what you're consuming when running Kubernetes, right? So AWS charges you by the instance and by, uh, you know, the disk and, and those kinds of, uh, you know, more uh, of low-level kind of solutions, but you're actually running pods. So now you want to understand like how much the application costs and you just have no idea. You need to start guessing, right? And the more usage of Kubernetes that you have, the like less aware you get on, on what's happening. So for example, in Finout, we built our service to be 100% Kubernetes. So if we don't have the ability to understand how much we're spending for each pod or deployment or Netflix or whatever, we are just completely blind. We just know how much money we spend on AWS and that's it. So it became one of the you know most modern problems, and even for companies that are you know public, it's a financial problem really. Kubernetes not only a technological one because like when you just start producing metrics on what's part of our gross margin, what's not, and uh, how do we allocate costs across across the organization, start to be like a very important and like business heavy question that we don't have any way to just answer based on the current tooling that you know we get uh, for free from uh, from the cloud vendors. Yeah, Kubernetes cost is a major problem when uh, when adopting Kubernetes. Okay, and I'm guessing it also gives you like richer information about you know specific deployments, specific groups, which you can probably tie back to specific like organizational units or teams or groups, and see exactly like which department is spending. Like, does it kind of help you with like deeper introspection like that? So think of it that Kubernetes is essentially another level of abstraction on top of our infrastructure. When we solved that problem for cloud, like it's an industry, it was solved. Like we could take a server and based on its tags or name or account or whatever, we can allocate it somewhere. So we know that all the instances that starts with the letter prod are, with the word prod, are part of the production environment. And everything that is tagged with a specific team is part of that team. So great, now it's solved. But now that we're installing Kubernetes, we're just creating another level of construction. So we're still asking ourselves the same questions, but we don't have the data because we're not built by the units that uh, we start to consume. So we just offloaded that problem into another level you know, on top of it. And from time to time, we even have like a third or fourth uh, level of abstraction. So if we install Elasticsearch, for example, on top of those Kubernetes pods, and then we want to allocate the specific Elasticsearch indices on top of that, right? So we always can jump another, another level deeper in terms of abstraction and Cost management solutions need to support that. So it doesn't matter like where the truth is in terms of, you know, how far it is from the actual unit that uh, that you price. You still need to allocate it to some team. You still need to allocate it to a customer. You need to allocate it to someone. This is, uh, you know, a major problem in cloud cost management, allocating shared costs. And Kubernetes is just one of the private cases of, uh, of shared costs, but it's still, you know, one of the biggest problems that we have. And going back from that, how do I, as an engineering leader, like prevent a cost regression early, right? Like that, that's one of the questions that comes to my mind is, is there a way to, you know, maybe even prevent like a regression at like PR time or before the commit is merged? Like, is that something you can guard against? What do you think? So to really understand the cost implication of every commit based on code changes is something that I think will be possible in the future, but it's a very, very, very difficult problem. So there are solutions that can help you understand, you know, uh, Terraform changes and how it's going to impact your environment. But that's, uh, you know, an easier problem to, uh, to solve. Where, uh, you know, we start to really mess up is usually with code or configuration change that, uh, you know, just uh, change the entire efficiency or you know, just uh, it's enough that you change from, uh, you know, every uh, report from 100 milliseconds to 200 milliseconds. And now, you know, you need to pay double for the service and you didn't even know. So this is where it starts to get like harder and harder. And 
when it comes to FinOps and, and adapting FinOps, so I think there are two very important aspects that engineering leaders uh, can and should you know take. The first is visualize what, what's happening. Be responsible for your own cost. So if you're going to be unaware of how much money you're spending and you have just no way of building that over time, won't even know that something happened. And till you realize that something you know is not working as it should, you're going to have a couple of months worth of work that you now need to you know, reverse and I can understand like what commit really changed our financial model. Like what did we do that that is really, uh, really hurting us? So that's really, really hard to do. So uh, just, you know, measure, visualize, even better, create uh, unit economics directly out of, uh, out of your environment. So if you're, uh, you know, you're in charge of a service that again, get, getting back to the reports example that is, uh, you know, measured by the amount of reports that you're getting. So measure your price per report. And as long as the price per report remain the same, it's okay to spend more money as long as you you know, need to process more, but you need to make sure that that kind of alignment remains the same. The second tip is revisit decisions that you have and like constantly optimize your environment. So, you know, a common uh, use case is uh, you develop a new service, you have a new Kubernetes deployment, you uh, spin it out to production, and then you get into the point that you need to configure your request, right? So how much CPU and memory do you need? And let's be honest, you don't know, right? <laughs> so no one knows. So you just need to guess something, deploy it to production, and you're telling yourself a story that you will revisit that decision and, you know, you're going to measure how your service is uh, behaving in production in the upcoming month. And then you're going to right size based on what's really happening. In reality, that's a great thing to, to say and do, but it just never happens because you move on to your next Jira ticket and you have a new service that you need to do that. So if engineers are not going to be responsible for the services that they deploy to right-size them, to uh, terminate them when it's not used, to pick the right technologies behind the scenes that, that it can support it, it's going to be very, very, very hard to create that uh, financial governance. So I think as an engineering leader, it's very important for you know, the team to constantly optimize their, uh, their service and to measure and be aware of everything that, uh, that you're doing. And then you know, combining the both, uh, you can be like, uh, uh, really contribute towards the organizational uh, you know, financial governance as a whole and take your specific part. And if everyone does that, like, cost is just going to decrease. You're, you're kind of talking about even decentralizing that decision making, right? Like often what happens probably in an organization is you have four or five people who have access to the cloud costs monitoring dashboard or the cloud cost management platform and they're grumbling about the problem and the engineers behind the scenes or like in some other part of the organization have no idea that cloud cost is such a big deal and like how to measure it or like which services are the most expensive or how they should be thinking about it but even exposing that information consistently and in an easy to use way can kind of drive the cultural change that you need for this yeah so you know this is the finops end game right so uh, when we're talking about implementing finops uh, getting all the way to engineers ability to understand and be responsible for their spend is uh, like this is our goal so think of it like exactly like DevOps, right? A few years ago, like no one even thought that engineers are going to be responsible for their deployment and their uh, uh, SLA metrics, right? And now it, it's a super common thing to do. So like the same thing is happening with cloud financial management as well. So same as you don't throw a, you know, a code that you wrote into the centralized operation team and expect them to get it all the way to production. You don't just neglect your cloud financial management and expect the centralized team to do everything for you. You start to get more and more responsible to what you're doing and engineers are starting to get measured based on their based on the price of their service uh, same as they were measured on on SLA and IDC. I think that industry trend certainly makes sense right like it's you need to bring more information closer to the person who 
is working on the system. I think that whole idea of shifting left is like, I've heard it across mm-hmm. security, definitely across like operations, uh, developer experience. You kind of want engineers to know what the impact of their work is on other engineers. And it's similar on cost, right? So that trend makes sense. Like with the new, the current like macro environment, are you seeing a shift in how people are thinking about cost management platforms? Like my guess from the complete outside is that there's more demand for these platforms, but what are you seeing? Yeah, so uh, really 100%. In 2021, money was infinite and no one really thought about creating, you know, a company that is uh, financially viable and uh, <laughs> spent as much money as we needed on anything. And now that 2023 came and everything changed. CFOs are uh, getting stronger in the organization and demanding better answers. And suddenly the gross margin is, you know, one of the top priorities. So we can reduce headcount in order to, you know, reduce burn right now to, to be more responsible with the investor money. But like the end game here and really uh, create a company that is better and more stable, we need to be able to sell our service in higher margins and to, to contribute to better lifetime values and to, uh, to reduce the, our, you know, cost, uh, customer acquisition costs. And so every team in the, uh, in the company starts to have like a more financial oriented you know, KPIs and the cost of our service is one of their main ones. So companies can no longer, you know, just push that for a later date. We need to start to deal with reality. We need to start measure and uh, adapt towards success and like uh, make sure that we're uh, in running on, on the right, uh, right path and direction. So yeah, 2023 is the year of cloud financial management. Just take a look at the Google trends for the word FinOps, you know, to, uh, to get a better understanding of that. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to try to embed a screenshot of that trend in our <laughs> episode show notes. Yeah, but I think that makes sense to me. I think the idea of giving deeper insights with tools that people directly use, like Kubernetes, makes sense. I certainly have this problem at work where it's just Datadog is way too expensive for me to use. Mm-hmm. And I have one question actually on that note. Like, are you seeing customers move to more like on-prem kind of systems so that they're not paying these like usage-based price models? Like, I can think of, you know, moving off Datadog and moving to like something like an open telemetry, Prometheus, Grafana kind of setup because it's too expensive. Like, I'm curious if you have any insight into that actually happening across the industry or not. So most CFOs are not gonna require you to churn from a service that gives you value and that, you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that you enjoy and really, you know, make you a better at what, at what you're doing. And just because of budgets, we just want to make sure that we're utilizing that service to the fullest. Yeah. Right? So it's okay to spend money for data log. Like data log is the best monitoring service out there probably, right? So you can spend uh, money on Datadog or you can start to, you know, build your own using Prometheus and Telemetry. but you're going to spend so many hours just making sure that this solution is working. And even when you're done spending so many hours making it to work and managing it, you still won't get the same outcome as you would with Datadog. So it's okay to spend money for Datadog, but you need to make sure that you're spending the right amount. Are you utilizing all services properly? Maybe you're paying for Datadog products that you're not using. Maybe you have you know, a huge part of your environments that you never look. So you can just, you know, drop all their logs and drop all their metrics because you don't care about it. It's really important to make sure that we can justify our expense and that we're optimizing it, you know, to where it should be. And it's same with uh, AWS, same with Snowflake, same with every service, but it's important not to waste money. It's Uh important to use money wisely. Uh Yeah, I think that resonates because 
I don't see a cost-driven migration ever like get executed or get prioritized unless you know the cost has radically gone up like 10x in a single year. Especially if you have so many levers to control costs, like that's always going to be the first step. And then you're going to think about, okay, like long term, this isn't sustainable for us to stay on this platform. So we have to move. But yeah, that's right. Like you kind of have to try to clean up your own home before you say, I need to move and do something else. Yeah. Well, Roy, thank you so much for being on the show. I think it's been really informative, at least for me, to understand how to think about cost management. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast.